Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Bow down your heads and let us pray, please. We thank you, Father, today. We are grateful to you for everything that you do for us. We know, Father, that it is your grace and your mercies which keep us. And if we are standing here today, it is because of how gracious you've been unto us. This morning, we ask, O oh God, that as your word is coming forth, it will bring life and it will bring health to us. Grant unto each and every one of us the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of wisdom. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. amen. Give Jesus another hand clap and you may be seated. All right. Time is fast spent, but we are trusting God. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I have been sharing with you on the subject developing good attitudes. This is part 5 of the series. And we are getting closer and closer to the end of it. I trust that you've been blessed by what you've received so far. And may today not be an exception. Can I hear an amen from somebody? Amen. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Which is good. And pleasing. And perfect. Hallelujah. Amen. Now. God. Has an intention. To bless us. And he wants to transform our lives into blessed lives. And he wants to make us better people. How is he going to achieve that? In the verse that we just read, we have one of the ways. He's going to do that by changing the way we think. And so one of the ways that God transforms us 
is by changing the way we think. And by changing the way we think, he's going to be working on our attitudes. An attitude is a feeling or a way of thinking which affects a person's behavior or a person's manner or position. And so if God is going to change the way we think, he's going to work on our attitudes. And it's going to work on us till the bad attitudes we carry are taken away, are eliminated from our lives. And he's going to usher us into good attitudes. Because good attitudes lead to progress and advancement in this life. Hallelujah. Amen. I have shared a number of good attitudes we must develop with you. The first one is we must develop an attitude of diligence and hard work. Number two, we must develop an attitude of speaking well. Number three, we must develop an attitude of thinking Positively. Number four, we must develop an attitude of being faithful with what is another person. And number five, we must develop an attitude of being faithful with little things. I want to move on today to the sixth good attitude that we must develop. We must develop an attitude of not blaming others for our own challenges. We must develop an attitude of not blaming others for our own challenges. Let me show you a couple of scriptures. Genesis chapter 3. Reading from verse 11. Genesis 3:11 to 13. This is the story of Adam and Eve. After they had disobeyed God and had eaten the fruits from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right after eating it, they realized that they had done something very, very terrible. And they hid from the presence of God. But God appeared in the garden that evening. And he shouted, Adam, where are you? 
He didn't call for Eve. He called for Adam. Because as far as God is concerned, Adam is the head of the family unit. And as the leader, the buck stops with him. So he called for Adam. Where are you? And he answered, I am here God. I heard your voice in the garden. But I was naked. And so I hid myself. This is what followed. Verse 11 of Genesis 3. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Now, consider Adam's reply. The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, and she also responded, the serpent deceived me. That's why I entered. Hallelujah. Amen. There is a game that we like to play. And it's a game that is typical to humans. It's called the blame game. Blame game. The blame game. Friend, the blame game. And in this game, you always try to blame somebody else for your challenges, for your problems, for your difficulties, and for things not working well for you. Ever since the fall of man, we've been playing this game and we play it very well and so when there is a problem it is usually somebody else's fault apart from we ourselves and so God comes to please put this down God comes to Adam and and he says to him that what is this thing that you guys have done Adam's response was that it is the woman you gave me in other words he was blaming two persons for his problem number one he's blaming God because he said it is the woman that you gave me in other words he was telling God that I was sitting my somewhere I was minding my own business when you decided that I'm feeling lonely, did I come to tell you that I am lonely? I have a dog. I have cats. I can speak to them. I didn't tell you I was lonely. And you decided without asking for my permission, you dragged me and you put me to sleep. Dragon, I make an umam you drove. Ah, oh, 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 o
I saw this woman. I like mom. But I want you to understand that the woman that you gave to she is the one who made me eat. So if you have any problem, go and ask the woman. And also blame yourself. Because I didn't ask you to give me a that is Adam's response to God. God didn't say anything in his And he turned to Eve and said, Awula, what is this that you have done? She also responded and said, It is not me. It is the snake. And what she was also telling God was that you shouldn't have created the snake. <laughs> To come and put him in this garden. To deceive me. And make me eat of the food. It is not my fault. It is the fault of the sea. That's what we call the blame game. Neither Adam nor Eve. Took responsibility for what happened. They only went about blaming others for their problems. And I'm saying to you, my friend, that this is something that we do a lot of in this life. When there is a challenge, there's somebody else to blame. There's another scripture I want to show you. A very interesting scripture. Look at Matthew chapter 25. Verse 24 to 25. I'm talking about developing an attitude of not blaming others for your own challenges. Now, here in this passage, we read about the parable of the talents. And you must be familiar with the story. Of a master who was traveling and summoned three of his servants. So one, he gave five talents. To the second, he gave two talents. And then to the third, he gave one talent. And the Bible says something interesting that he did this according to their several abilities. In other words, he looked at them and assessed what they were capable of handling. And he gave them accordingly. You must understand that it is not everything you can handle. It is not every money that you can handle. Because there are some of us, if a certain large sum of money comes into our hands, we will begin to play the fool. And we will not know how to handle it. And so God knows what we are capable of. And when he's judging us, and when he's assessing us, he does that very much aware of our abilities. Now, look at what happened in the case of the guy who was given the one talent. The other two fellows 
did their best with what they were giving. And they earned more. But this one talent guy, he didn't do anything with what he was giving. And when the day of accountability came, and the Lord asked him, this was his response. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, He said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant. And gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. You see, what this guy was actually saying to the Lord was that you're a very wicked man. And it's very difficult to work for you. And when he says you reap where you have not sown, what he was actually implying was that the man was a thief. And actually, that is the belief that many people have concerning rich people. Or people in positions of power and authority. And I know that many of us think that way. So even if we don't say it with our mouths, at least we've said it in our heads that all politicians are thieves. And you have even said the same thing about us, the pastors, that all pastors are thieves. May the Lord forgive you all your sins. And you didn't say amen to Amen. He said that you reap where you have not sown. And you are very wicked. And a very difficult person to be. That is why I didn't do anything with what you did. That's why my life has not improved. That's why I don't have anything to show for what you invested in. It is not my fault. It is because of you. And how hard you are. How demanding you are. How you don't understand anything. I know the kind of person I'm working for. And that is why I didn't want any trouble. So what you gave me, I went to hide it in the soil. Now I brought your thing to you. That means collect your words. Collect your antelope. Which is a way of saying that what you gave me, I've just presented it to you, so there's no problem. You see, so you see here, once again, this whole blame game thing being done. Always blaming somebody for what you're going through. For the problems you have. For the challenges you're going through. So husbands blame the wives. For the marriage that is not working. 
Wives blame the husbands for things that are not working. Children blame their parents for the way their lives have turned out. And they have forgotten that your father took you to school to go and learn. Instead of learning, you were throwing javelins. Or you were just playing basketball. There's no problem with playing basketball. Or you were playing football. There's no problem playing football. And yes, you know about people like Cristiano Ronaldo. Lionel Messi. What is Lewandowski's first name? Robert. Hey, people know things. Robert Lewandowski. Lewandowski Then what? Siki Akuno. Karim Benzema. This morning, Mambo will play a big dinner. Mohamed Salah. So, because you hear of names like that, you have decided. Why? What you say? Also, one more Samwaja and Bian can crank here. You be fine, yes, sir. Because you've seen all these guys, you have told yourself, said, that is my calling. This is what brought me into the world. I don't have a problem with that. But you see, you got to go to school. You got to take your education seriously. Because the thing about football is that anything can happen. In the first place, it is not everybody who gets a contract to travel out of their country. I can mention some Ghanaian footballers who during their hair days they were very, very, very good. But they never really amounted to much. Fine protocol will not allow me to mention the names. Otherwise, somebody can sue me. But if you are into football, I'm sure you can think of some Ghanaian players who were very good. But they never made it. As a matter of fact, there are some who even died as puppies. And after playing for so many years, they didn't have anything to show for it. The other thing about football is that you can easily get injured. If you meet a wicked defender who boogers you down, before you realize your leg is broken. And there are some of our players. Now, somebody like Michael Asian, Asian, he got to a certain point and he couldn't go beyond it because he had a serious injury. And that's why he retired at the time that he retired. Anything can happen to you. And that is why you shouldn't just take all your eggs and put them in one basket. And so if your parents took you to school and you didn't take your education seriously and things are not going well for you, don't start 
blaming your parents and say to him that the school you took me to was not a good school. I know that there are good schools and there are good schools. But I also know that there are people who have come out of schools that are not so elite. But they have made it big time in this life. So even if you went to Manley, that one in two primary. But you take your education shows. Or you went to Fabodia Betumichok, L.A. primary. Don't just use the school that you went to. As the reason why nothing much has come out of it. And don't blame your parents. For saying that what they were supposed to do, they didn't do Because when all is said and done, your choices affect who you are and where you get to can I have an amen from somebody amen employers are always blaming employees that they are the reason why the company is not working employees are always blaming the employers that we work hard but it doesn't pay as well. We blame our leaders for the state in which the country is. Governments blame the opposition party. So the ruling government blames the opposition party. The opposition party blames the ruling government. So the government in power will say that the economy is struggling because our predecessors did not manage the economy well. And then the ruling and then the opposition party will blame the ruling government for bad financial policies, economic policies that they are running. And so everywhere the blame game continues. And when the blame game goes on and on and on nothing gets done. There is no progress. There is no development. Things don't change that is why one of the games you must decide that I won't play anymore is the blame game and you must develop a good attitude of not always blaming others for your challenges I have a relative I had a meeting with her one day. And she told me something very shocking. She was getting on in years. But she never got married. And all the relationships she entered into 
None of them worked out. When I had this meeting with her, she told me, I know the reason why I am not married up till today. I know the reason why my relationships haven't worked out. She said, it is my mother. She said, I have had revelations. I have gone for prayer meetings. Where prophecies came out. That it is my mother who has been doing me. And when things are not working for people. They say somebody is doing them. So there's an old woman staying close to your house. You say, she's a witch. And she's the reason why your money doesn't reach you. And nothing is working in your life. This relative of mine told me, it is my mother. That's why I'm not getting it. I said, what are you saying? It so happened that her mother died. So after the mother died, I was waiting for her to come and tell me that finally I'm getting married. Because there are some people who marry when they are 60 years old. I've even seen 80 year old marriage before. Love is such a wonderful thing. I waited. But she never came to tell me that after my mother died, things started working better. She invited me into another meeting. And this time she told me, it is my elder sister. It's no longer my mother. Dole, dole, it is my elder sister. And you see, as she said these things to me, I marveled in my head. Because this is somebody I know. And I know that she has a lousy attitude. When she gets angry, she doesn't care who you are. The way she would dress you down. Which man can tolerate and be able to live with a woman whose mouth is big. Big in the things that she can see. And she doesn't see that one of the main reasons for her challenges in life even getting her work to do became a problem. Her relatives have tried on many occasions to get a job for her. She will go go and quarrel with the people there and lose the job. So now who caused her? Your mother? No. Your sister? 
nail. Debida. And even this sister that she said is responsible for a situation, <laughs> she also died. <laughs> I am waiting for her next meeting. To tell me who is now responsible for her situation. I will not be surprised that the next time she'll say it is me. Do you understand when I talk about blame games? And I want to say to you, it's time you take responsibility for yourself. Stop it. Stop always blaming somebody for how things are for you. You cannot continue like that. You are responsible for yourself. You are responsible for how your life pans out. You cannot keep blaming others for what you are going through. So take responsibility for your life. Face up to it. Recognize that certain bad decisions have brought you to where you are. It's not your father. It is not your mother. It is not your uncle. It is not your employer. It is not your employee. And that is why our government must take responsibility for whatever state our economy is. That's what they have to do. Yes, they've had serious challenges. And like they've explained to us. COVID. Number one. Russia Ukraine war. Any Russia any Ukraine for talk about motor bomb boni biaba. Number two. So number two. And there is a lot of truth in it. And you could be pretty sure. We can't dismiss it. Intimini free war. My elder brother works with the World Bank. Yemini apeni oni World Bank for the Juma. And I discussed the state of the economy with him. And he explained to me the impact of the COVID and the Russia-Ukraine war on the economies of the world. And so there's a lot of truth in it. But is it all COVID? Is it all Russia Ukraine war? And now Russia for Ukraine for and talk in a diabana, David. It is not. And that's why our leaders would have to take responsibility. And you and I also. Let's look at our lives. How we are. Where we are. Baby how things are. Let's look at things closely. And let's assess ourselves well. Because it's always easy to point your finger at somebody else. It is his fault. It is her fault. This would not have happened if he hadn't said this. If he hadn't done that. And so you're always pointing your fingers at somebody, always pointing, pointing. This person, it's because of this person, it's because of this person, it's because of this person. You can't keep doing that. 
May we develop a good attitude. Amen. By avoiding the blame game. Amen. And taking responsibility for amen. our lives. Amen. Can I hear your loud amen? Amen. I have time for only one more. Number seven. And I'll end with this. Develop an attitude of being cheerful and not dissatisfied. Develop an attitude of being cheerful and not dissatisfied. Being cheerful. So you'll be our uh, Exactly. Beautiful. Then add number eight. Develop an attitude of avoiding constant complaints. Memoring and grumbling. So number seven is develop an attitude of being cheerful and not dissatisfied. And number eight, develop an attitude of avoiding constant complaints, memory, and grumbling. Let's read some scriptures. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16. It says always be joyful. Always be joyful. Tell your neighbor don't worry. Be happy. Tell another person, don't worry. Maybe be how be happy. Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says, A cheerful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. This same verse from the Good News Translation. Good New Translation. It says, "Being cheerful keeps you healthy." Did, did you see that? Being cheerful keeps you healthy. So what it means is that when you are always sad, always unhappy, always discouraged, always dissatisfied, it actually affects your health. And it continues and says, it is slow death to be gloomy all the time. So, if you are somebody who is always gloomy, always looking at the dark side of things, what you are actually doing is that you are carrying yourself softly. You've heard that song, carrying me softly. That's what you do. You kill yourself slowly. When you are always down. Always looking at the dark side of things. Always complaining. Always grumbling. Always sad. Anytime we see you. Your face. 
It's as if somebody asked you to drink neem tea. And so your face is always. Always gloomy. Always down. Always thinking about negative things. And I'm saying to you. That you must develop an attitude of being cheerful. And not dissatisfied. Always looking at what is not working in your life. Painting a picture of nothing is good in my life. Nothing is good about me. Nothing is working in my life. If you don't change that attitude. You will not get far in life. Let me tell you a story in a I read the story some time ago. It's about a gentleman called Robert. This Robert had a medical condition called cerebral palsy. Yes, Robert, you know, cerebral palsy. Now, cerebral palsy is a medical condition that comes about when, you know, before you were born, there was a problem. And because of that, you ended up with the abnormal brain development. And the effect of that is you have problems with controlling your movements. And you have problems with your posture. And sometimes when you have that problem, your hands, your legs are virtually useless. This guy called Robert Robert was born with cerebral palsy. His hands were twisted. His legs and feet were useless. He cannot brush his teeth by himself. He can't bath himself. He can't comb his hair. He can't put on his underwear. He can't feed himself. He never rode a bicycle. He could never go for a walk by himself. He could never drive a car. But he did not allow all of these situations to keep him down and under. So Robert went to school. He went to high school. From there he went to the university. And he earned a degree in Latin. Latin. Robert became born again along the line. And he did not allow his condition to stop him 
from serving God. In fact, after completing his university education, he became a teacher. And he taught in a school. And after he got born again, he went on a lot of mission trips to go and tell people about Jesus. In 1972, all by himself, he went to Portugal Portugal to do missions. And he rented a hotel. Had an arrangement with some of the workers in the hotel to help him. Because in Portugal, they speak Portuguese. He got somebody to teach him Portuguese. There was a restaurant close to the hotel. He had an arrangement with the restaurant owner to bring him food and to feed him when there isn't so much traffic in the restaurant. And every day, he would arrange to be carried to a park in Lisbon, the capital of Portugal. And there, he would be distributing tracts and telling people about Jesus. In six years, he led 70 people to Christ. One of them was became his wife. One of the people he led to Christ became his wife. And he had preaching appointments. And every time he had a preaching appointment, people would carry him in his wheelchair. And they'll put him on the platform. His Bible would be on his lap. And the Bible done now so. And with his twisted fingers, he'd be struggling to open the pages. Everywhere he spoke, there were tears in the eyes of the people in the audience. But there's one thing that he always did. Every time during his preaching appointments, he will lift up his twisted hands and then he will shout. I have everything I need to be joyful in this life. Others were crying for him. Feeling sorry for him. But he did not allow himself to sink into any pit of depression and self-pity. He will lift his twisted fingers and shout, I have everything to be joyful. What did you say? What have you been saying? That life hasn't been fair to you. That life hasn't treated me well. That there's nothing good in my life. I want to hear you talk again. I want to hear you explain to me why you can't do anything for God. I want to hear you tell me 
why you can't do anything to make your life better. If Robert with cerebral palsy can do all that with his life, then what excuse do you and I have? We don't have any excuse. And although his circumstances were terrible, he did not allow them to affect him. And it is all an attitude problem or an attitude issue. And so I say to you today, let's develop a good attitude of always being cheerful, not satisfied with our lives, not always complaining, always grumbling, always lamenting. But let's tell ourselves that we are in a far better situation than others. And there's so much to be thankful to God for in our lives. I pray for you that you will learn to focus on what is working in your life and all the blessings and opportunities you have instead of focusing on what is not working. Because when you attempt to count your blessings, it will surprise you what the Lord has done in your life. Rise to your feet. Let us pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. I want you to understand that God is the only one who can transform your life and change your circumstances. And today, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus. Wherever you are, whether physically present here or you're watching online, I want you to pray this prayer with me and say, Dear Lord Jesus, pray with me, everybody. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, today I come to you just as I am. Oh God, Please forgive me for all my sins. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. From today, I am yours and you are mine. I will serve you. Please change my life. Make me a better person. Let me see your goodness and experience your grace in my life. I thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say, Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.